All right. Well, we have not done this in a while, but circumstances dictate that um, we light the beacons and return to the old stomping pod and bring back a three-man weave to discuss the huge news of Steve Wojciechowski no longer being the head coach of market basketball. So before we get into the news and talk about all of the myriad of interesting coaches uh, Marquette will surely be looking at, Ben Snyder, how are you doing? That, I'm doing great. Uh, if this was your only source of Marquette basketball information since we last recorded, uh, things did not go well after uh, the alumni team won the TBT tournament. Yeah, I was in the software today and saw that that was our last pod. Good times. <laughs> yeah, um, great times. It it has it has not been the greatest uh, year for market basketball or year for people in general. Um, but um, we are um, happy to be talking about some better news. And speaking about some better news, Sam Newberry, how are you? I am good. How are you guys? It's just it's just great to hear your voice, Sam. Um, so we wanted to bring the crew together here to talk about the fortunate for some, fortunate for many, unfortunate for some news of Steve Wojciechowski's firing. Um, I believe it happened on Friday. Friday, yeah. Yeah. Basically like halfway through the first game of the, the tournament. Or the the non play in games and Marquette dropped a, a Friday afternoon uh, news dump. Yeah, personally for me, I will never forget the moment where having Arkansas in the Final Four of my bracket, Arkansas, and having had about two cups of coffee, Arkansas hit a sixteen zero run on Colgate to get back within or to go ahead at halftime. And then Marquette fired Steve Wojciechowski in like a five minute span. It was it was electric. What a what a way to start March Madness. It was wild. I was I was kind of at the tail end of like a pretty busy work week, so I was pretty worn out and uh I was also fresh off the uh high of getting a tweet that made everyone mad where I faked a Steve Wojciechowski announcement and That's right. And I don't want to take full credit for this, but I want to take at least most of it. Noted, um, noted fake John Rothstein, Ben Snyder. That was great. Um, but yeah, so I, I found out like right as I was like rolling into lunch and was going to be, you know, watching some basketball on my lunch break. And I see the news and just the Twitter fingers were going off. It was just fantastic. Cause the other part about this that I, didn't realize was as fun as it was the unbridled speculation of just you can throw whatever name you want out there and because no one knows anything you can convince yourself that it's going to work and convince yourself that that person is going to lead Marquette's in the national title in three years so this this is just a great time I love just throwing out any name that makes possible sense to you. It's a great time. Yeah, I agree. Um, for me, it was different than 
when Buzz left in 2014, and mm-hmm. I was junior and was in the thick of covering the team, and Buzz sort of up and left, and so it was more of a feeling of emptiness than this was, where it was very fulfilling. Mm-hmm. Um we should note it came on the heels of the joint blog post from Crack Sidewalks, Paint Touches, and Anonymous Eagle. Um, but I don't even think necessarily among those folks there was optimism about this happening. I think that that was right. to show distaste and frustration, but I don't think there was a real belief that it would lead to any sort of change. And obviously it didn't directly impacted much at all if anything but i think it was great timing that everyone in the blog universe for market basketball came together and expressed their frustration and then it happened the next day um Mm -hmm. sam i know that you a are generally quite pessimistic by nature but b probably had a lot of um you were well educated on the lack of options um, by virtue of your fandom um, and place and market that market seemed to have to get out of this um, boondoggle of a contract for Steve Wojciechowski. How did you receive the news um, that this was going down? Uh, so had a, my roommate and one of our friends in our in my living room, we had just ordered pizza. We had just cracked our first beers of the day. Um, and I looked down at my phone uh, or my laptop because I had a uh, tweet, deck, tweet deck going in front of me. Um, and uh, I saw the Jeff Goodman tweet like pop up and I screamed, like legitimately screamed, holy shit. And my roommate like had to like, stare like glare me down and go hey my girlfriend's trying to sleep upstairs she she just got done with a 12-hour overnight shift as a nurse what are you screaming about something Um, way more important roommate and then and then i told him and he immediately screamed holy shit um (laughs) and so uh it was it, it, it it i legitimately spent the entire afternoon like i would like walk upstairs in my apartment to like go do something and then like walk back down to come watch games. And just every time I'd be like, this still feels surreal. It, it, I don't, I never thought we'd be in the position of Steve Wojciechowski not being the coach for next year at Marquette. Um, yeah. You know, I think other people have done it better than me in that, you know, it, it just a business decision. Um, he wasn't getting the results here. Um, there's, you know, a, a whole myriad of reasons why he should not have been retained. Um, Nothing against him or his character personally, um, but it, I think um, a lot of co- a lot of uh, journalists made the point that um, you know as the news was coming out, um, I, you know Goodman amongst them because he was the one that I at least first saw break the news. I'm not sure if he was the first one to do it or not, but um, he was one of the first ones to sort of talk about like you know Marquette spending in the top 15 every year. You know like the last reported financial number we have is somewhere close to like. $18 million spending. Um, and uh, you can't have, you know, even if you give him the tournament appearance last year, you can't have 
three tournament appearances in seven years with no wins um, and, you know, epic collapses in what should have been your three best years um, or your two best years. Uh, and, you know, I think, you know, the stats, the results spoke for themselves. Um, you know, Marquette made a business decision. We don't know where the, the money for the buyout came from. Um, I doubt we'll ever know where the money for the buyout came from. Um, but there are big uh, indications that the money came from either one or a group of just like angel donors. That's kind of been the impression I've been under. I don't, yeah, I I just didn't want to speculate on like where in particular it came from. We just know that Marquette had it somehow and decided to pull the trigger. Ben, Um, you don't need to like name names. I'm curious like what. Your where your where you think that where you got that information from? I guess I don't. I don't. Oh, know. I thought that I thought that that was from uh, one of the Goodman reports. Okay. I, yeah, because I, I haven't I, really dug into that aspect of it. Yeah, the mothership account tweeted something along the lines that it was a private donor. Thing from some publicly available report. This is not any inside baseball information that I have. Yeah, I, I would, I would, I would say that that's probably at least somewhat likely. Um, I mean, I yeah, think- given the financial considerations, like the like the mothership also was screaming at us the whole year, like, yes, we're all done with Wojo, but given how things are financially and with COVID, it's probably not going to happen, especially with this buyout. For sure. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm not sure what exactly um, the situation with the buyout was, but like everyone has been saying, I think it was assumed that Marquette couldn't afford it. It's mm-hmm. been interesting to see how many reporters talk about all the resources Marquette has because Obviously, we've been approaching this pers- from the perspective of we don't have the resources. Marquette does not have the resources as a university to get out of Steve Wojciechowski's contract. So um, that's a very interesting point. Um, I would imagine Marquette will be semi-competitive in the hiring market from the perspective of they will likely put as much into it as, like, a Minnesota, um, if not a little bit more, mm-hmm. and, but not on the level of an Indiana, obviously, which is a, a school that will likely be emptying the clip financially to try to pull some big name in and write that program. I don't think Marquette will be... We'll approach this like that, but um, right. it's definitely interesting to see the resources discussion and how maybe there was more money around than we thought there was. Yeah, the worry that I kind of had going in, and we've kind of seen this, uh, Pat, I don't know if you had seen this, but there were conflicting reports of the Indiana coaching search involving Thad Mata where I did a see report that. Yeah, a report came out that he had an agreement, but he had failed a physical somehow. Yeah. But that report ended up being just wildly off base. And so it's kind of clear that, like, if Marquette were to try and get a guy like Thad Mata or John Beeline or someone that's kind of in retirement but maybe wants something good, that 
they would not only need a bigger contract, but they would also need convincing that like, hey, I know you're like in the case of John Beeline, especially I know you just had an NBA job and know that that's something you can do. But how do you want to come coach for a program that has a couple good players, but just went through seven years of mostly disappointing results. And that convincing process to me can be spent better trying to get someone with a little bit more up and coming nature to them. Yep. Um, well, Sam, what will you miss the most about Steve Wojciechowski? Uh, that's, such a mean, that's such a loaded question. That is such a loaded question. It's also um, I mean, a question. I, I think, um, you know, I don't know Wojo in real life. I, I, I will tell you, the, I sat in the press room for one year writing articles and getting to listen to him interview, but you don't learn anything about somebody in a press conference or an interview. Um, and I mean, he came off as, you know, a pretty stand up person. Um, you know, obviously at least to our knowledge, there was no infractions committed by, um, the, the, the program while he was here. Um, you know, he, you know, maybe to a fault, uh, had loyalty in his guys. Um, you know, we can discuss how good or bad of a thing that could have been. Um, but, uh, yeah, not to cut you off, but let's slide that point into there that the Goodman report came out that part of why Wojo was fired is he refused to change up his assistance. Go ahead. Right. No, I'm just like, he was always loyal to his players. He was loyal. Well, you know, we can get into some of the weird details of that too, but I don't want to ramble. Um, yeah. but it's, it sounded like he was not willing to, you know, do it somebody else's way when asked of him. He decided, you know, you know, metaphorically, um, going down guns a blazing for the staff he wanted to have and the guys he currently had. And so, um, you can't fault him for being loyal to who he picked. Um, you can't fault him for the type of person he brought into the program. I mean, um, we never, again, you know, no NCAA infractions, no massive head cases on the court. Um, you know, uh, so there were, there were, there were definitely good things he did, but you know, at the end of the day, just like we say for seasons, you know, you are what your record is. Um, Wojo was what his results were. And, um, you know, we, we can be conceited and selfish and, um, definitely biased when we say Marquette deserves better than that. But, um, you know, we, we do have those kind of resources to be right. better than that. And, um, I think that we would be remiss to not look at being better than that. You know, well, um, yeah. this isn't, yeah, this isn't a thing where you just throw your hands up and say nothing can be done. Um, we know exactly what could have been done. Um, you know, we, there could have been a change in the head coach. There could have been a change in his assistants. There, you know, all of these different things. Um, and one, one of the paths was picked. Yeah. From, so two points sliding in there, like from a, from a, a culture perspective, um, in terms of him wanting to not change up his assistants, I respect that Marquette clearly saw that 
he needed specialized assistance to help the on-court product. Because that's, I think, something that we have been harping on is that he needs to bring in a guy to bring up the defensive IQ of the team. He needs to, you know, bring in a guy that will replicate what Stan Johnson did as a, as a, as a culture setter. Um, and so I think that is a really good sign for the decision makers who were roundly criticized for offering the extension when they did at the worst possible time that they were at least looking at the fact that he was not capable of handling it all on his own and needed to bring in some assistant to make a tangible impact um, on the on-court product. Uh, and the other thing I would say is he just didn't, he, while he was a good recruiter and brought in a lot of great talent, he did not do a good job of retaining and improving that talent. Um, you know, just the latest example happened a few days before when Samir Torrance just said, sorry, I'm, I'm yeah, out Yeah, the, the Wojo error cannot be mentioned without, in the exact same sentence, the exodus of the Housers. Yeah, I mean, gosh, that's really the turning point, right? Um, yeah, honestly. Is when the Housers leave, um, you know, they'd just gone through the losing streak. He just... Um, He'd, he'd had the opportunity to bring the program to, you know, he was going to be for sure preseason top 10. And he, and that he loses the Housers. Um, again, Sam, that's a, that's something that people pointed to, um, on Twitter was Sam leaving, knowing he had to sit out a year and just play one year at Virginia. Is yeah. A big and then not even getting a tournament one. Yeah, I'm so, sorry to see. Sorry to see how the Housers. <laughs> a, a real, a real shame. Um, Truly but, a shame. Uh, yeah, Sam, not, you know, choosing to sit out a year when he's an NBA prospect and had just one year remaining it tells you a lot about what you need to know. Um, okay, let's jump to looking forward. Um, Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. You guys probably have done a little bit more uh, deep digging than I have. Um, I have decided not to scrounge up as many um, mid-major names as I possibly can, and instead I'm kind of waiting on some rumors or clarity from those who report those kind of things before I sort of so I'll start and start super basic because to me right now, the name that is going to be the headline name for this coaching job from a rumor perspective, from a who is the mainstream choice, is quite obviously to me loyal to Chicago's Porter, Porter Mosier. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Porter Mosier has done amazing work 
at a small school like Loyola Chicago to bring that program back. Um, I mean, obviously not on the level that it was, but to achieve success there after that program had really toiled in obscurity for as long as it had. And on Sunday morning, what he did to the Sam's beloved Fighting Illini, who I also love, co-loved with Sam, despite not having um, the quite the background uh, as as an Illini fan. Um, just an aside, Andre Corbello was my favorite player in college basketball this year. I loved watching All-time him. glue guy. I loved watching that team so much. And what Porter Mosier did to just systematically dis- destruct what Illinois was trying to do um, was so impressive. So I think right now he's the hot mid-major name. Marquette's the second best job available right now. Indiana is shooting higher than that. Um, DePaul thinks they have a chance, which is cute. Um, <laughs> Look, I don't want to step all over your, your, your jokes here, but um, he's a pretty entrenched in Chicago at this point, and so I, I don't want to... I don't want to discount what DePaul may or may not yep. um, have my chance thought, was. My thought is if Marquette wants him and DePaul wants him, I would imagine I, – I don't know, I'm not in his head, but I would imagine he chooses Marquette, and I imagine Marquette pays him more, and I imagine Marquette goes at him harder. Absolutely. Uh, that said, you know, if he is truly a Chicago guy – I can't lie. I don't really see the benefit of leaving Loyola Chicago for DePaul. Yeah, I don't it would either. be it would be a so coming at this from the angle of knowing Loyola Chicago due to my fandom of the Missouri Valley Conference, the position that Porter Moser was put in is essentially like if you take the discrepancy of DePaul to the rest of the Big East and almost double it because not only was Loyola just in the absolute pits of the Missouri Valley when they came into the conference, it was they were coming into the conference along with Valparaiso to replace Creighton and Wichita State, one of two of the best mid-major teams, the full formation of one of the better rivalries in mid-majors. And so it was even a curious move thinking about trying to replace those giants and even taking that into consideration because they were at the bottom of the horizon league and even Porter Moser himself was not doing well. They were severely like underfunded and all that. And it really took a lot of time for him to build them up into something that was even passable. He had a couple pretty good players that were like first, second team, Missouri Valley, stuff like that. But it took him a long time to get to the point where he was at that final four appearance. And I guess part of that could be attributed to him not being that good of a coach, but if he were a Chicago guy and wanting to, stayed that close to home, you would think that he would continue what he's doing with Loyola as opposed to going to DePaul and having to attempt to do the same thing again. That's my take. Yeah, so 
for me, I think what makes him so attractive to Marquette is not only the success he's achieved in building a program, like you said, and in the NCAA tournament, which is obviously the biggest knock against Steve Wojciechowski, but that he has a system, has executed the system, and would immediately bring sort of an identity to Marquette basketball. The potential downside there is he plays a system that is not the most aesthetically pleasing. Um, it's it not in, sexy at all. No, it's it not impact, sexy at all. It could impact recruiting in that way. Like Marquette's big advantage over Wisconsin in part of part of Marquette's big advantage over Wisconsin in recruiting has been if you go to Wisconsin, you play the crappy, slow, boring system that churns out results. And there's a very similar um, ethos to Porter Mosier's brand of basketball. That said, I think there's a reason why he's the consensus name for the job right now. And it's because he's done all he's done as a mid-major. He's in the spotlight again at, again in this tournament and just completely thwacked Illinois um, yesterday. And I I think that if he – Jeff Goodman said in that video that Porter Mosier, quote-unquote, covets the Marquette job, which, like, I have no idea what the heck that means. <laughs> but if Porter Mosier would like to come to Marquette, there's no way Marquette won't do everything they can to get Porter Mosier. Um, anybody want to downside Porter Mosier? Um, I mean, I think – uh, honestly, I think he is who Marquette's going to hire. I, um, you know, I can be as excited or not about that as I want. I think he's he is, and this is not to say that they're going to have equivalent careers at the first high major job they take, but he is Archie Miller from a couple of years ago when, like, Archie was the absolute slam dunk next big job guy coming out of Dayton when Indiana hired him. Um, you know, he's, he is that person this year. Um, obviously Indiana is aiming for somebody like a Chris Beard or a Scott Drew. Um, you know, we're not here to talk Indiana basketball, but that sort of puts, you know, Minnesota, which is probably the next best job that was open along with Marquette, um, filled their, their head coaching role today, um, with a Xavier assistant, um, Mm -hmm. of all people. Um, Well, to... Uh, in fairness, he's a he's a local kid, yeah, yeah. alumni, yeah, so. yeah, 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 and was assistant there for like five years, something like that. So yeah, no, it it, it makes sense. Don't get me wrong. Um, it was just sort of out of the blue because you thought you know you had heard rumors of Craig Smith or Brian Dutcher from San Diego State. Um, mm. I had some I had some angry, intoxicated tweets about Brian Dutcher the other night. I saw I saw those uh, I saw those tweets. I was very upset. <laughs> So, uh, anyway, um, I think if Porter Mosier comes to Marquette's admin and says, I will be your head coach, they're going to hire him. I, I, I think that's the reality of the situation. I don't I love so that too. he's only been, I, I don't love that he's only been to two tournaments in 17 years as a head coach. Um, you know, I don't absolutely love that, you know, it took him, one, two, three, four, five, six. It took him seven years 
in the, the horizon and then the Missouri Valley to have a winning conference record. Um, and that first year he did was the final four team. Um, you know, positives. He's always had a great defense for his better teams. Um, you know, he does everything you want a coach to do on defense. He, he wins the turnover battle on defense. He doesn't let opponents offensive rebound. Um, Effective field goal percentage defense is good, not amazing. It's the most fluctuating stat. Um, it'd be a very stark contrast to what Steve Wojciechowski was doing at Marquette. And for sure, do we kind of need a stark contrast at this point? Maybe he would. Yeah. He would be one of the people to fill that role. Um, I, I would argue that Steve Wojciechowski didn't really choose what he was doing at Marquette. Like I think he just kind of. Winged it. He didn't have a system. I think. I think. Like I think. I think Steve Wojciechowski went. If I just recruit really, really good players, they'll win. I saw it happen at Duke. Why can't it happen here? Um, <laughs> yeah. And. Yep. You know totally. that's he would. He spent four years playing in that system. He spent forever coaching in that system. Um, it's hard not to see why he implemented stuff like that. Um, you know, you go get the most talented guys. And they will win you games. That was sort of his philosophy. And, you know, sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. In this case, it really didn't. But, and, um, I th- and I think bouncing up, bouncing off that really quick, I think to that end, a really good example, uh, or really good example of something that I'm worried about is the year that Loyola had after winning the Final Four because, Sam, to your point, that year they still had probably their three best players. And if you remember, they were also ranked in the top 25 preseason. I believe Ken Palm was a little bit lower than, than others on that, but they ended up finishing like 131 in Ken Palm that year with that sort of retention and talent. So it's yeah, not I mean, like he all of a sudden learned to recruit and then everything got figured out. Yep. Yeah, I mean... One thing, yeah, so they started um, ranked 66th in Ken Palm, still had Cameron Crutwig, Marquez Towns, and Clayton Custer on that pro on that um, team, and um, ended up ranked 131 in Ken Palm. Um, some losses, including Ball State, St. Joe's, Evansville, um, Missouri State, Illinois State, Bradley, yep. Missouri State again. Um, yeah, and, and that's a, te- a team that's a, that's a team that had Crutwig, Towns, and Custer on it. I mean, it's yeah. wild that they went to a Final Four and then collapse. You know, played such a bad season after that. Yeah, and they weren't going to go to the tournament um, last year before the tournament got canceled because they lost in the first round of the tournament in overtime. Right. Um, right. Okay. I think we got a good base here for Porter Mosier. Um, two points I want to make before I kick it to you guys for a little bit more in-depth stuff. Um, one is I'm slightly intrigued by the idea of Tom Crean as, um, oh. as it's an eye. It's yeah. I, my eyebrow is raised, Pat. My eyebrow is raised. Yeah, I know. I haven't talked to Sam about it. I'm not surprised that he's not on board. Um, <laughs> I just, I just think. Um, so I think the biggest difficulty with Tom Green is the situation he's in right now is probably, one, not really conducive to us, to Marquette, getting him out of there, and B, is not really a great success story at all. Um, 
But I would just say what I like about Tom Green is he's the person that brought Marquette out of obscurity when the program really hit its rock bottom in the 90s. Um, and and think of the memes. And think of the memes. And that's the other thing is, like, Tom Crean was kind of a notorious – the internet was against Tom Crean. And Tom Crean in the last five years has embraced the internet and become a bit of a darling as well. So I like that about him that he's come around. But obviously I think it's not really a realistic hire. Doing a retread would be an odd choice. Um, and obviously I think it's learn. I mean, he left, he left, he left once for greener pastures. Yeah. He's a little bit older now. So maybe he wouldn't do that again. I just want to say, yeah. And so he left for greener pastures and he would, he's coming back off of the, I mean, like having a number one NBA draft pick and not making a tournament with them. And I, you know, Georgia wasn't going to make the tournament regardless last year. Anthony Edwards wasn't a fit in college basketball though, but. But like it's, I nothing at besides being able to take funny Tom Crean pictures again. Yeah, nothing about a Tom Crean hire is good. Yeah, and I get I'm going to leave it at that. Yeah, and the other point I want to make just generally is I'm not particularly interested in Marquette hiring an assistant coach. Correct. Um, yes, I would like Marquette to hire a head coach personally, just by preference. Wojo was an assistant coach. We saw how that went. That's a little reductive, but I don't want to hire an assistant coach. The other I'm reason fine. I don't want to hire an assistant coach is because I believe that a head coach in this upcoming offseason would bring multiple players to Marquette from his old school. And I think that that is going to be both necessary and extremely beneficial. Um I believe that given that it will likely be sort of an open season off season and Marquette's roster is going to be very in flux. I don't, I'm not optimistic about, I don't want to speculate. I don't think we should because I don't think we know anything, but I'm not optimistic about Marquette retaining a lot of their roster. Um, and so I think hiring a head coach will be super important because that head coach will, especially if it's like a Porter Mosier who's like, coaches 90 miles away, he will bring his part of his roster to Marquette. And I think that will be super important. That yeah, or I, at least I, like, I, go ahead, Ben. Sorry. So I, I was just going to agree. Like I had not even considered that point really, because yeah, it, it's going to be a wild off season. And yep. just the other part is just from what I've, been able to see like anecdotally like it takes a while for assistants to like really start to build something especially if it's their first coaching gig it's not really an automatic thing and if it is it happens at a smaller school where their ability is clear from the start and they don't have to like really keep up with the additional administration elements of those big name schools and conferences. So yeah, I fully we have, agree with no assistance. Yeah. Okay. So let's kick it to you guys for some of your options. Um, ben, how about you go first? Um, who are the folks that you um, are uh, most interested in um, market bringing in? Cause I yes. know exposure is not your top choice. Well, so poor, yeah, poor Mosier is now my top choice and I'm kind of, Happy that the Marquette community is at least like debating him and not just 
immediately looking at Loyal Chicago at the top of the Ken Palm list in terms of the non-big name conferences, be like, oh yeah, hire the guy who did the mid-major thing. Because that, that's sort of a thing that happens sometimes. Um, so when I first saw the head coaching availability, my first thought was, damn, I wish I could have, we could have done that when Nate Oates, Eric Musselman, and Mike Young were all available, but that's not the case. Now I won't live in that. Um, the first two names that came up to me were Craig Smith from Utah State because I love his offense and he's recruited some really good guys, Nemus Kata being like a pretty big name that he was able to get at school. And then the other one was Chris Jans, who I like his system of just using a ton of lineups and like he plays like 13 guys, um, multiple minutes a game, uh, really plays good defense, kind of invented the play angry style of the Shockers uh, back in the day when Greg Marshall was only secretly a massive dick. Um, <laughs> the only problem is that he has a problematic past where there were some sexual assault allegations when he was at a bar while coaching at Bowling Green, and he was fired as a result of it. So, That's Chris Jans. Yeah, that is Chris Jans. Yeah, I kind of remember that now that you mention it. That's unfortunate. Yeah, yeah I wouldn't yes. really be a fan of that. Yeah, so those are just two guys I'll quickly touch on because I'm not as – I don't think that those are as likely because I think some of the guys, especially at Crack Sidewalks, will agree. The other big name that has been thrown out as a possible guy, and this name is – the other thing about Porter Moser is that Marquette wants to hire – a guy pretty quickly because if Indiana wants Porter Moser and if Porter Moser wants to leave, there's a lot up in the air once Loyola loses. And if Marquette is just sitting on their thumbs waiting for Loyola to lose, then that's valuable time they've lost. So their other big guy from what I have heard is a guy by the name of Dennis Gates, the head coach of Cleveland State. And once I heard that name, I immediately started going in and looking at every single bit of information that I could find. And from what I've been able to gather, his offense reminds me a lot of the Murray State offense that defeated Marquette in terms of the types of cuts that they make. They really like to start the offense kind of at like the top of the key with a little bit of point forward action kind of in the similarly to like a camera Cutwick style style thing. It's really pretty basketball and it's a lot of transition. Like they re- they really derive a lot of their offense from like quick opportunities either off the steal or just like getting quickly off of a made shot, which is like, if you remember like, when Wojo was initially hired, a lot of us were thinking like, oh, Wojo was like this really good defender. Maybe Marquette will just get a lot of steals and get out in transition. And it's aesthetically pretty pleasing to me. I think there is a little bit of an emphasis on maybe wanting to hire – because I guess the other 
part is like Marquette historically hasn't really gone for like the huge names. Because if you remember, Buzz Williams just had one head coaching year at New Orleans. Wojo was obviously a first-time assistant. Al McGuire, going way, way back, had a pretty bad coaching history right before that, right before coming to Marquette. And so it's not necessarily in the program's DNA to get the next John Cal Perry, but more plan for the long term. And the shock of smart term was thrown out there, but after done dealgate, it seems like Oh, I don't think so. There's a lot of bad, Yeah, yeah, yeah. It seemed like there was a lot of bad blood even Texas, if Marquette Texas would have to fire Shaka Smart, I think. Yes. I do not want to get into a bidding war with Texas. So I think the name Dennis Gates is something to really consider as a possibility. And it's his history at Cleveland State. Oh, the other thing is he was an assistant under Leonard Hamilton for five years, which intrigues me because I like Leonard Hamilton's coaching tree. It includes Bill Self. It includes Andy Enfield, a.k.a. the Dunk City coach at Florida Gulf Coast and the current USC head coach. Well, as I well don't like as, coach, but I'll let, you, I'll let you include it. Right. In terms of just, like, he has had success. It's, so, not, like, it's not like the Krzyzewski assistant tree where everyone has sucked. While you're, while you're talking Bray. about Dennis Gates' uh, background, I just want to lob in that his first – college coaching job was a grad assistant on the Marquette final four team. Right. That is, that is another so that he does have no, history of the that's program. Super, that's super relevant in terms of his interest in coming to Marquette, because obviously mm-hmm. that's the defining Marquette team of the last two decades. Mm-hmm. And so his, his, like his history and the way he has come up and his very quick turnaround Cleveland state was in a terrible spot. Before he was hired, I think they were in like the 330s of Ken Palm in his first year. And then now this year, they won the Horizon League. Um, yeah. It wasn't as good of a team, I don't think, as they were just as the record. They had a lot of like close overtime wins, and a lot of their three point defense was pretty lucky because they gave up a lot of three point attempts. But it's something that meshes with the type of program DNA that Marquette wants. Yeah. Also, he had a plastic see-through mask this year. That's, oh, yeah, I like those a lot. Um, another yeah. thing I'll say just on the end of that before I throw it over to Sam is I think Marquette would probably like the idea of hiring a young black head coach. Um, yes. At this, uh, this yes. juncture, um, I think that that would be um, – a very attractive hire to market basketball. Um, Sam, uh, who are some names that you've been looking at? Um, so first off, I would definitely second the Dennis Gates hire. Um, I'm in a group chat with a couple other people who are graduates of Big East universities, and um, the DePaul fan base is definitely like um, there's Kenny Payne and uh, Dennis Gates seem to be the two favorites there, and so I would love to ping DePaul to him because I think he's going to be very good. Um but uh, I think for me, uh, and you know, I don't want to spoil it in case we do end up going a little bit deeper into this with some of the other guys like at Crack Sidewalks and Anonymous Eagle uh, and Paint Touches, um, 
you know, we we were doing a bit of a, a project of, you know, if the job was magically open, who would you hire and, and why? What type of identity are you looking? You know, one of the big responses I got when I sort of asked the internet what, um, what are you looking for is that they 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 do want this idea of identity, and that was reflected in the official statements um, made by the the university, where you know they they sort of said you know Marquette needs to have an identity, and Wojo didn't really provide one. Um, and so, uh, for me, the identity, you know, starting, um, school in the 2012, 2013 year, so the, the, the elite eight year, um, you know, we were junkyard dogs who weren't exactly amazing offensively, but we beat the crap out of you on defense. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, had guys who had, you know, were JUCO transfers or were, um, just normal transfers who hadn't really panned out at other places or were, um, you know, under recruited guys that Buzz Williams love him or hate him got a lot out of. Um, and I, I looked fondly back on some parts of the Buzz regime. Um, not all of them. Um, there's definitely a lot of black eyes there. Um, but I think what I came away with it is, that I want a team that's defensively focused. Um, I think that Marquette, you know, when it was at its best, had this just, you know, junkyard dog mentality, defensive focused, going to be up in your face. You know, we thought Wojo would bring that because he was a national defensive player of the year. Um, obviously, he did not. Um, and so I was looking primarily at coaches who emphasized um, – Winning the defensive battle, um, winning the turnover battle. Um, you know, we've went on ad nauseum uh, about you know Wojo's teams turn the ball over a lot and don't turn opponents over a lot. Um, and so I think you know winning the turnover battle is super important to me. Maybe sometimes at the expense of the effective field goal percentage battle. Um, and uh, I think the last thing too is that. Uh, I wanted somebody who wasn't going to play ridiculously glacially slow. I think that Marquette strives. No, I, I think back to all those old highlight tapes from my freshman and sophomore year where they were doing, you know, the, the past tournament successes were making the highlight tapes. And so many of those were in transition moments. They weren't, um, they weren't, you know, some beautifully drawn up play. Not that I don't want somebody that can beautifully draw up plays, but, um, a lot of that came from emphasizing getting out and running with the ball and, um, you know, making plays happen in transition off the turnover um, instead of just hoping that your uber effective offense hits its shots. Um, so yeah. that being said, if, um, if I can briefly interject, my hot yeah, take is that I would, I would rather have a slightly worse head coach that plays more fun than one that wins a little bit more and play slow. That's that's all, all I want to do sure. is throw that in there. Sure. So to be fair, the first name I'm going to toss out here is a guy that plays ridiculously slow. Um, but I like how his coaching style works. Um, and so it's uh, Grant McCasland from North Texas. Um, they were a 13 seed who upset Purdue this year before being knocked out by Villanova today, yesterday, today. Uh, they, Two they, got knocked out by Nova. they got knocked out by Nova in the second round. Um, yeah, yesterday. And so, um, things I like about 
McCasland. Um, his teams play good defense. Um, you know, last three years, top 90 in turnover, defensive turnover percentage. Um, he has two years in the top 35 effective field goal defense. Um, one year in between those two at 195, which not the greatest, but not the worst. Um, he tends to shoot a lot of threes, uh, but he tends to have teams that make a lot of threes. Um, and they're just generally very effective shooting teams. Um, you know, we would have some issues here with, um, like where we complained a lot about Wojo's teams turning the ball over a lot. His teams do tend to do that, which is especially weird because of how slow they do play. Um, but I think the emphasis on defensive turnovers are, are really intriguing. Um, you know, he has a big win in the NCAA tournament. Um, and I think that he's going to be a guy where um, I don't want us to miss. You, you can't miss on this hire. Um, and I think he would be one of the safer bets to be a name like Porter Moser in three or four years. And so I wouldn't hate that. Um, the idea that he's going to maybe we get him early and he has time to build his system um, here instead of a couple of really good years with North Texas and then getting scooped up by a different program. However, he my th- and Chris Beard are in a similar tree, right? Or did I make that yes. up? Yes. Um, I think he, I think they are. Um, okay. Th- that's a good sign. Yeah. So the other guy I, I would like to suggest is a lot more junkyard dog, a lot more what I was talking about. Um, I think he kind of fits the Marquette mold as well. Just from what I know in my, my mid-major circles, um, He's kind of considered a douchebag in the conference, not like a bad person. He doesn't have any, any NCAA violations or covering stuff up or anything, but he's definitely like Boo. not well liked. Well, he's definitely not well liked. Um, but uh, this is a guy that's in the last three years had uh, offensive. So he wins the turnover bout. Offensive turnovers the last three years: seventeenth, forty third, seventy fifth. I don't think Marquette's ever been in the top 100 with Wojo, or if they have, it's not very far into it, and it's only been once. Turnovers um, was the weakness. Yeah. Defensive turnovers: 57th, fourth, 19th, 27th. Um, in the last four years, his offenses aren't great. They averaged right around 150, um, but that's with the talent he was getting. Um, and uh, his defenses with the talent he was getting in the last uh, four years. Uh, so 2021 to 2018, 59th, 58th, 74th, 26th. Um, he plays faster than McCaslin does. Um, and so I would love it if this person was hired. Uh, you know, he wins the turnover battle. He, he plays good defense. Um, maybe with the injection of talent that's going to come to a high major instead. Um, he would have a better offense, um, you know, something to worry about. Um, definitely questions you would have to ask about him before you hire. Um, but this person is Wes Miller from UNC Greensboro. That was such a great buildup. I was just like, <laughs> I feel like I remember who you said this was going to be, but I was just like, yeah. ah, all right. Sam, wow. have, Sam, have you considered the possibility, though, of Ness Willer? Oh, um, shut up. That's great. Uh, <laughs> We'd love to see that. Yeah, West Miller is interesting. So West Miller, like, obviously has done a great job as a head coach, um, but I think he would be similar to Wojo in that 
he would be waiting for the North Carolina job, similar to how Wojo right. was waiting for the job. Right, uh, and I mean, like, big questions need to be asked about, like, his teams are regularly not great at shooting free throws. His team, like, this year, they were 317th in three-point percentage at 29.9. Yeah, that's um, not good. Um, there are big offensive questions to be asked, but if you want an antithesis of Wojo, where this guy, you know, wins the turnover battle, ridiculously hard offensive rebounding teams, um, yes. great defense, huge block numbers, um, you know, like he, 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 if we're really trying to disconnect from that era, he is like the antithesis of Wojo. Not pretty offense, not effect, not, not great effective field goal offense. Um, he plays middle of the pack tempo most of the time, not sexy from three at all. Um, but he plays ridiculously hard nosed defense, wins the turnover battle on offense and defense. Um, Incredible block numbers, always has shot blockers. Um, if we're looking for a true, like, we are turning over the page to something completely different, he would be, I think, a great name to put in there. He had a guy a couple years ago, James Dickey. He was, like, their center, and dude was just – he he was just a – like, I can't even describe it. He's – he played so hard, and he had fantastic hair. Like like those like those two things are the two things that I look for in any player. Major key. <laughs> but yeah, he's Big. got like, he's got a really cool like three quarter court press thing that I've always loved, and teams just play so hard for him. Yeah, and it's like you know we don't know if there's I don't think that he's ever been in any trouble like Wojo was or had any you know malcontents doing anything bad while he was head coaching. Um, I'm not super aware of that, but if you're looking for the best thing like Buzz in terms of that, just like super scrappy, going to get a ton out of his guys, um, you know, we might not be bringing in top 15 recruiting classes with him. I mean, maybe we will, but um, if you want a guy that's going to get just a ton out of his guys, especially on the defensive end, I think that um, he is the, the guy to hire. Um, actually, actually, Sam... I'm sorry, Sam. There was one thing I just remembered. He did have against East Tennessee State in, I think, the Southern Conference Tournament Final. Uh, UNCG was down one with 23 seconds left, and he had an absolute meltdown and had to get ejected from the game with two immediate technical fouls. So that is one thing that has been an issue for him. Okay, I mean, granted, after having a Boy Scout head coaching you, and sometimes <laughs> you want to, well, sometimes you want to scream at the TV like Wojo. Yeah. Show some pa- show some passion, show some fight for your guys. Like, I kind of don't hate that. If it's yeah, one I don't, I don't problem. hate it. Not either. great, but um, I cut. You know, the last thing I kind of want for this hire is an empty suit that just comes in and, like, does give those cliche answers. You know, I, you want a personality, and personality doesn't win you basketball games, but um, mm-hmm. you want somebody that's going to – I mean, like, you know, we all knew Wojo was super loyal to his guys, um, sometimes, again, to a fault, um, mm-hmm. you know, with not not breaking up lineups and not starting guys that should have been started and sitting guys that should have been sat. Um, but um, – 
you know, Wojo was never the guy to have that sort of like super fiery, like I am 150% into this. Um, you know, I'm going to go scream at a ref type of thing. Um, you, uh, you want a reserved amount of that, in my opinion. You want some guy that's going to like, I don't want him to blow up every game. I, I despise Fran McCaffrey with every fiber of my being. Um, so I don't, want somebody like him, but somebody that might might take a bad tech here and there that's still going to show that kind of passion on the court and not just sit there and clap and look otherwise sometimes feels like he's just disinterested. Um, My ideal demeanor is Jawan Howard. That's what yes, I'm I think of. I think that is perfect. Jawan Howard especially did a great when job. he tries to fight my Mark Turgeon. Yeah, no kidding, right? Um, one more name I want to mention, but won't go into detail like I did the other two, um, that I think would be a good hire is uh, Mike Rhodes from VCU. Um, and so, yeah. I, you know, VCU is a, a coaching mill. I mean, Will Wade and Shaka Smart were there before Rhodes. Um, he got them to the tournament this year before COVID stopped them playing Oregon. Um as an at-large, um, you know, he's going to be a hot name in a year or two. Again, you know, like McCaslin, I think he, he's going to be a guy that gets his name tossed around for a bunch of jobs in the next couple of years. Um, and I'd like to beat people to him. Um, a bit more of a risk with McCaslin and him, um, in my opinion, um, just because neither of them have been been coaching as long as Wes Miller, um, and so we don't totally know who they are yet. Um, but uh, I think he would be worth a, a – he should be on the short list of people you give an interview to. You know, if they choose to go in a different direction, so be it. But um, I think that he is the type of guy that you want to – he's the type of guy that should be making your short list, uh, along with Miller, along with Gates, along with McCasland. Um they're the types of guys that should be making your short list if you want to hire a good younger coach. Yeah, Great. I agree. I don't ben, think that there names want to throw out there. Um, I mean, just given what I've heard. Of, oh, I guess. Um, I guess uh, what's his first name? Uh, Drake, head coach. Oh, D- Darren DeVries? Yeah, Darren Darian, DeVries. Darian, yeah. De- Darian DeVries. I just remember. I, I want to see if that's a, I want to see if that's a flash in the pan first. And unfortunately, yeah, like, yeah. honestly, like, I, this sounds weird because I've been so anti Wojo for so long, but it, because we fired him this year, there's a lot of names out there like McCasland, like Rhodes, um, like Gates, where you'd almost want to see more out of them. Um, and, you know, I had fully anticipated the fact that um, we were going to have another year to mull this over and figure out who we wanted and stuff like that before they did let him go. And so it was weird timing. Um, I would have liked to see one more year of DeVries, although I think DeVries is probably the shoe-in for the, taking the Creighton job. Um, right. So I'm not sure how interested he'd be in working at a rival or at least a university in the same conference, if that's where his heart's going to truly lay, which I wouldn't be shocked if it does. Um, 
Right. So yeah. So that that was just a name that I've heard. Um, if we were to like really try and like poach someone that hat from a program that has like a few more resources, like Mark Pope from BYU. That's like to me, it's a pipe dream. Call his guy. See if that works. Um, I wouldn't hate um, Steve Peichel from Rutgers. They've earned the S, in my opinion. They, they um, yes, Sam. Uh, Sam, that's a that's a key. We need to kick it to you for that final ruling. Have they earned the S? Yes, they have earned the S. Wow, okay. <laughs> they, they have earned it. Um, names that I really like. We touch on Shaka Smart. I really, really don't want to see that. With all the bad blood that happened, I really don't want to see them try and do that. Um, I'd actually be fine with Shaka Smart, like, but I just don't think it's there's any world in which it exists just because right. Texas is just so well-funded. So Texas would have absolutely have to cam for that to be a possibility, which they yeah. probably should, honestly. That was embarrassing. Yeah, um, that was one a name, one name I'm very one, one name I I I am very indifferent on. Some people tend really like it. Um, is Mike Boynton from Oklahoma State? Um, I don't think that's the right fit. I don't, I don't either, either. But um, it's it's just a name that has been tossed around. Um, I don't. I want no part of Archie Miller. Um, you know I. Oh yeah, no. I. I just don't see a high major six. I thought Archie, before um, younger Patino was hired at New Mexico, I thought Archie would have been a great fit at a place like New Mexico. Um, But uh, I don't want him at Marquette. Um, I think it would be a terrible hire. Um, And then, I mean, there's not a lot. I'm looking, like, up and down the list here, and there's just not a lot. I've I've got one. I this is not a name that, again, this is not going to be a serious conversation. I want to know what would your initial reaction be if tomorrow morning there is an announcement that Marquette has hired Rick Patino? I was going to say, I knew exactly what you were going to ask when I started <laughs> saying it like that. Um, I mean, that'd be, that'd be, I would be frustrated, shocked. Um, concerned, it would probably yeah, I, grow on me, but it, I I would be convinced of it eventually, just from the yeah. perspective of because that's the after thing. Recruiting, viola- Patino, after recruiting violations in five years, I'd be like, it's just it's a better job now than it was then. Yeah, with Patino, you'd be like, holy crap, what the heck are we doing? This this is this makes no sense. Oh my gosh, this is such an overreaction. Why did we do this? And then you'd be. <laughs> You'd it, you'd be stuck with it, and you'd be like, "Well, these teams are probably going to win some games, man." And yeah. Round. I have nothing against Rick Pitino as a hire. Honestly, I don't. I like. I interviewed really? him in 2012. Thought he was a nice guy. I I don't have anything against the, a Rick Pitino hire. We just fired an altar boy of a head coach. We are not going to hire anybody. Whatever you think of. The, the allegations against Patino, what did he know, what did he not know. We are not going to hire Rick Patino. We're not going to hire slick, a slick Rick type. No, no. <laughs> we, we will look for another, out, like, you know, at least outwardly upstanding, great program representation, very clean record. 
Um, you know, I think Marquette will hire another person like that. Um, yeah. and Rick Pitino for all of the ideas we could have about his actual coaching and all of the ideas we could have about, Oh, is he like, did he really know anything about it? All the violations and stuff. Um, there's just too much what ifs on the record. And I think that Marquette would never give him a look. Um, I also think honestly, like, He's got an estate in White Plains, New York, close to Iona. Yeah. I think he's – I, you know, you never want to think a coach is being serious when they're saying, I'm comfortable here. I don't want to leave. But, like, he might just be like, you know, F it. I'm going to – I don't think the job is there for him this cycle, frankly. No, I, I don't think so either. Because I don't think Indiana – I think Indiana is above where he is going to end up going. And so I, I just don't think he's going to leave because I don't think the job is there. BC Did you was see the, the quote that he might get, but they filled it so quickly. Did you see the quote that he had regarding uh, Kentucky today? I just thought of this. Yeah, he oh, said, you're such bullcrap. Like, just he saying. said, if if Coach Cal went to the pros today and Kentucky respectfully called me, I would say that's the greatest honor in the world. But I'm very happy I'm staying at Iona. Like, okay, Rick. All right. Yeah. Jeez. Okay. So no, let's, I, let's honestly, let's I'm this. more inclined to believe him than not. Honestly, I I think yeah. I think like honestly, like I guess he's got like this massive estate in White Plains. Well, I'm work. only inclined to believe him because the job's not there. Like if there was a job that made sense, I wouldn't believe him at all. Rick yes, Pitino he to can DePaul, say anything he no. wants. Rick Pitino to DePaul would be one of the funniest things I could possibly like wish into existence. I am now actively rooting for that. That would be actually. Seeing Rick Pitino in a full white suit at a 25% full Wintrust Center, yeah, like that, that that's incredible. Yeah, that would be great. Um, okay, let's bring it full circle here, wrap it on this. Um, 30 seconds. Who do you predict Marquette will hire? This is – we've said who we want. I don't need 30 seconds. I don't need 30 seconds. Go ahead. Marquette will hire Porter Moser. That As much as I don't – Love the idea of it personally. I think he's the Archie level slam dunk hire in this cycle. You know, all of the rumors we're getting says that he wants a job exactly like Marquette or Notre Dame. Um, I think Marquette will call up Porter Moser, toss him a bag and say, win us games and he'll take it. Yep. Ben? Sam, you actually did not need 30 seconds. You had 20 seconds there. I started counting. <laughs> said, I don't need 30 seconds. Um, <laughs> I, given what I've, I, I think it'll be mostly contingent on how long Loyola stays in the tournament. Sure. I do, I do think that if Loyola wins their next game, I think that Marquette will be somewhat spooked and really try and move on Dennis Gates. Uh, I would say they'd have to make the final four because I don't think it would. I don't, I don't think the two, the the Saturday. To Monday would make a difference, but I think I think but, you're right. right. I think it would be I think it would be the final four would be the timeline. Issue. Well, do also consider that. Uh, let me make sure that I have this right. Because well, yeah, Loyal plays Oregon State, and then on the other half of that bracket, Syracuse and uh, Houston. Okay, Houston. I forgot about Houston, yeah. but it's it's. They're 
the second best team remaining in that. And I know that. Oh, like, yeah, they have a great shot at making the final four, but I'm just saying, yeah. I don't think like one game would be the difference maker. I think it, like if, if it's not spooking them right now, like they feel like they can wait a week to talk to him about it, then it would probably require another week to where they're just like, Oh crap, we're losing okay. ground. I think that's a good point. Yeah. So yeah, if loyal makes the final four, then I think that they're definitely, uh, making rounds with Dennis Gates trying to get something worked out. So I'm putting it 50-50 between those two guys. Okay. Yeah, because those would be the two, I think, as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll say Order Mosher, but I just have a feeling. I have a feeling based on what you guys have said and what I've seen about Dennis Gates that – that is a name that would make a lot of sense as well. But I believe Marquette will do everything they can to wait for Porter Mosher because mm-hmm. I think they wouldn't have fired Wojo if they weren't going to put to try to get a really high-level guy um, mm-hmm. that uh, is within their their range of possibilities. So I agree. I will say Porter Mosher as well. Okay. This was awesome. Thanks for doing this, guys. Um, thank you. If you legitimately listen to us ramble for 70 minutes, then I, I greatly appreciate you. Um, but that, this was, uh, you remember when he said this was going to be a hard cap at 40? Hard yeah, cap. That was, I, I, I lost track of that one for sure. I, I, <laughs> I, I realized, I realized what, what a challenge that would end up being. This is very cathartic for us. I feel like yeah. I, I, I need to just like get it all out there. It's an important conversation, and I'm glad we're having it. Yeah. Um, All right. Thank you guys for listening. Um, And uh, we might do this again sometime soon. Who knows? But uh, this was was definitely a call for this. So uh, thank you as always.